0: Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Binstown TV. My name is Jim, and I'm joined by my co host Paul, and we are continuing our coverage of Amazon Studios Reacher Season 2. Today, we cover Season 2, Episode 6, titled New York's Finest. But first, as always, a little Bingestown TV housekeeping. If you're listening from our Reacher feed and are not familiar with our other podcast coverage, then we just want to remind you that we cover so many different shows and would love to have you as a listener for those as well. We recently covered Fall of the House of Usher, Attack on Titan, Beacon 23, and A Murder at the End of the World. And besides Reacher, we're also covering Jujutsu Kaisen, the live-action adaptation of Yu Yu Hakusho, and Percy Jackson and the Olympians. And coming up very soon in the next few weeks, we have True Detective Season 4. So as always, what I'm trying to say in every single intro ball is we cover a lot of TV, and we want you all to come for the ride. All you have to do is search Bingetown TV on any of your favorite podcast apps or check us out at bingetowntv.com. All right, so... Season 2, episode 6, titled New York's Finest. I just want to go on a little bit of a rant to start this. Um, I've been seeing a lot of talk recently on Reddit, Facebook groups, Twitter, about the disappointment in season 2. And we talked about this early on, probably in our first episode when we were covering the first three episodes. Because they batched them like they always do for Amazon Prime. And people were getting into the unrealisticness of it, the bad writing, quote-unquote, things like that. And for this episode, I'm starting to see, like, there's been some trends where we've been talking about you just have to understand that you're watching basically popcorn action. You just need to suspend your disbelief and you need to enjoy, right? And I still fully agree with that. I'm still having a lot of fun with the show. I'm not a book reader, so I'm just as bad as most people. If I'm a book reader and I'm watching a show or movie, I get very defensive, so I understand where they're coming from. That That's not something I'm going to argue with them about. I'm starting to wonder if this show, if they're really purposely leaning into, like, the action popcorn, you know, just straight up. Suspend your disbelief. It's definitely more so than season one. I'm even wondering at this point if they're purposely, like, satiring action. Maybe not satiring fully, but kind of, like, being meta. I don't know, because there is a lot of, like, the cliches... And the tropes. But I still enjoy the show, man. I know what I'm watching. So I still have a lot of fun with it. I mean, there's plenty of stuff that we're going to talk about that I want to call out, but I still think it's fun. What, what do you think about, you know, what everyone's saying in that kind of situation with the quote unquote bad writing or, or that kind of stuff?
1: Um, I kind of get what they're saying for how some information pops up just out of nowhere or, like, all of a sudden they have a lead that doesn't really get explained. But I would say 90% of the time they do a really good job linking everything together and making it make sense while leaving clues before. If you want to talk about that fucking, uh, what was that, the grill the that cement. was thrown.
0: No, the are cement. I thought you were talking about the cement you are so mad at. <laughs> I,
1: I honestly put that out of my mind. I hated it so much. But, no, the... Uh, the stove that got thrown at Andy Reid driving Uh-oh. the car. Get a, yeah, the get grill. Away. yeah, The grill, yeah, that's what it was. I kept saying stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, moments like that, totally. I get it. But hey, there's really not a whole lot, if I'm honest. Um And if you're talking about the realism, like Reacher just, just walking towards the helicopter with three armed yeah, guys, right. like, shooting at it. Yeah, I get that, too. But Reacher's also how smart he is he's also dumb and makes dumb decisions like that so i don't know i know maybe the book i w- wouldn't do at the book reacher and like jimmy said we didn't read the books and a hundred percent agree with you if i did read the source material then i would be super critical of any adaptation so i totally understand that but looking at it you know week to week i look forward to it and um i think You know, Alan Richin does a really good job of being this hulking, massive man. That's Mm -hmm, terrifying. mm
0: -hmm. That somehow stays massive without working out on screen or just by (laughs) eating Clark bars and crap from gas stations and stuff. Wait, that's. (laughs) I wish I had those genetics. So funny. They actually never show him working out. I never thought of that. I know. Show me a couple pull ups or something. Do some pull ups on your spare time, a couple push ups at least. Let's go, man. Yeah, Yeah, he just eats a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, i that's where I was going to go. That's why I'm wondering if it's almost like satire where there's been plenty of action. Movies, TV shows where it's just pure action and there's bad guys missing awfully. The gunshots are totally missing. Awful aim, you know. That happens a lot on TV. But yeah, it, you know, we're watching this episode and they have automatic gunfire and Reacher is just walking towards the helicopter. Apparently, they can't hit a 300 pound 6.5 massive man. Even with Russo going on his car chase and all the automatic gunfire, and finally one hits the windshield and he's like, oh, Jesus, after he's freaking driving for 10 hours. You know, it those kind of things yeah, i get it but i still i can still have fun with a tv show when it comes to that stuff i'm not watching this to be the sopranos or you know last of us if you want to talk recent stuff like i'm not watching it for that i know what i'm watching and i'm just going to have fun with it
1: yeah no and we've been saying there is a lot of action but it's really about the mystery and like you know the the military background behind it and explanations behind it and and everything like that. So when you put together put them together, I do really enjoy the show. So yeah, um, but yeah, like what you're saying, it's not top tier, but yeah, you know it's a good story and. If you're ready, you can jump right into this one. Let's do it. New York's finest. So right after the warehouse breaks up, we're all in the playground. They're trying to talk about what's going on. O'Donnell, again, first one to throw Swan right under the bus. And I get, like, in the flashback, he's always the first one to talk. You know, in the whole quiet room, he's the one that crack jokes first. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And kind of here, everybody's like, you know, wh- what are we doing? What are we thinking? And O'Donnell's the first to talk again. But he's also throwing blame at Swan yet again. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm still not completely sold that O'Donnell is bad. Um, but then uh, Russo shows up and talks about Marlo Burns' car, which I was talking about this last episode. I was really waiting for her to come back because she, yes. she was a big piece and she just disappeared for a few episodes. So they found her car up in Manhattan. So the special investigators are going up that way. But Russo is going to talk to somebody because he's got something to clear up which is his boss, which we know later, which that was kind of cool that we called
0: that. Yes, that was a big deal because we were wondering when Marlowe was coming back and we were wondering if the lieutenant was going to come back. The connection between why we thought they were coming back wasn't fully correct, even though I really did like your theory on that. They kind of just went pretty cookie cutter when it comes to Marlowe's story arc. But again, we'll get into that. But yeah, I like that they brought them both back into the story. Two episodes left. You got to start tying up loose ends here. So yeah, O'Donnell, I only have one other thing for this episode that goes to our theory that he might be dirty. Obviously, we're going to talk about Swan because we get a big revelation there. But the playground scene, O'Donnell does talk first. He is the one who always does talk first in general. So who knows if that's a big deal or not. But like you said, he is always the one to start the conversation. Is swan dirty? So we get to Marlo's car. Reacher decides that he's going to be Reacher. And he's going to say, you know, they probably stopped for a snack. So they go into the convenience store. We don't see any intimidation factors. I guess they could just say, hey, we're cops. We want to see the video. They find the video pretty quickly. They start getting into gamer tags with Jane and Neely. You know, this is an important part for her because it's just hitting it home, just like they have been since we've met her in season one, that she doesn't like getting close to people. She doesn't like physical contact, foreshadowing for a later part of the episode. That's a really big deal that that got me in those feels later in the episode. But yeah, so they figure out that Marlo's alive. Just like we thought she was. We didn't think she was going to be dead, obviously. We were trying to figure out, putting the pieces together of how she got out of there. Whether it was as a bad person or a good person. How she got kidnapped, not kidnapped, run away, whatever. You know. So we got our answers here.
1: Yeah. And Neely, again, just so smart. Yeah. <laughs> the way she's just like, oh, she's playing a Switch. Yeah, let me just you know, get her gamer tag and hop on real quick and find her and found her in like an hour or it seemed like an hour. It might've been more, but I love that. They just go to Marlo's house and just chill there. (laughs) They're all like just Mm -hmm. chilling on the furniture, sitting on the couch. Um, real quick, we get a scene of AM. He's at a bathroom stop cop mm-hmm. actually stops this would be ridiculous if, a cop, if i walked out of the bathroom to a cop like writing me a ticket because there was something hanging on the yeah, interview right. i'd be like are you kidding me but she's i guess really passionate about her duties but so wait, did she,
0: they say he was in pennsylvania yeah so, so he's, that's uh, a rule in pennsylvania yeah oh my gosh yeah. i used to drive i don't anymore i used to drive for the longest time with my uh tag for my parking spot from my rear view because that's where they yeah. told you to put it
1: i know but apparently you're supposed to like have it in your glove compartment and then when you park you're supposed to take it out and put it on oh yeah.
0: my goodness i would have been busted
1: yeah you're breaking the law all over the place and you just admitted <laughs> it that's crazy man i said
0: i used to i used to <laughs> but
1: the vehicle gets flagged when the cop calls it in and am of course a little stabby stab. He's got like freaking five, s- five or six kills on screen and we barely see him. He's nuts. Let me ask you
0: this question. I need to know what you think about AM at this point. Six episodes in, Langston is getting more depth. They're not doing great at giving us like major bad guys for this season, mm-hmm. but Langston's pretty good. He's not anything great. He's, he's formidable so far. He, you know, he's on screen a lot more than AM, but... You know, Again, he's nothing special, but A.M. is not showing himself too often. When he does, he's pretty much just killing people. We don't really have too much depth to him. him. Is he supposed to be just the middleman that's going to be a good assassin? Or do you think they want him to be somebody that we actually take as one of the long-lasting big bads? I mean, I can see A.M. surviving this season and then kind of being a broker in other seasons later on maybe but never being like the main bad guy. What's your take on AM right now?
1: No, I'm um, I'm with you. It's it's confusing because he is supposed to be like the real villain. I mean, Langston's bad, we know that, but like AM is the one who is, you know, causing the most damage by actually helping to make this deal happen in the first place. And I totally agree. I could see him going forward Um, I don't know what he would do if he's literally like Reacher and the special investigators like take him down, but he gets away. So now he like dedicates his life to like trying to take them out or something because like I said, he's got like an M.O. So now that they have all these clues and all this information, I doubt he can go continuing doing the same things. But yeah, I, uh, I really don't know. I was hoping we would get a lot more of A.M., this episode just to kind of move him along just so we don't really get him getting there in like the last episode that kind of seems like rushed especially because how much traveling reacher and the special investigators do jumping from state to state and he's been driving this whole time yeah i know he's had mm-hmm. to go a long way but still like it's it just seems a little inconsistent so um that being said i hope he gets there soon but I, I don't know. I I'm I'm more like 50-50. I could see him just like being taken out real quick right at the end. Or um you know, he's just like I said, escaping and then becoming a big bet. You know what? Maybe they arrest him and then go back to him in
0: later seasons for like criminal advice or break today. or someone breaks him out or something. I mean I, I could see yeah, that right. and, and also we still do have the buyer and I don't know. It seems like they're going for this is going to be a multi-season plot. I I mean, unless the buyer is literally just, hey, I'm the buyer, and Mm -hmm. Langston's supposed to be the bad guy, and AM is kind of bad guy number two. I was wondering that, too, because they keep talking about this
1: deal. Langston's calling, saying, you know, we got to get the chips installed. The buyer's not going to give a a penny until he sees everything go down. And in my head, I'm thinking, like, is this just going to be like a random dude walks in and he's not really involved in the story at all. He's just literally just the face to be the buyer. Or is it going to be like a twist, like somebody we know, and it's going to be like Finley from last season. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) 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 Or just like a character crazy, like uh, Dixon or something like that. Roscoe shows up, and she's
0: like, hey,
1: I'm
0: here. I'm I'm going to buy these big-ass missiles. Now, I I get it. I know what you're saying. Um, The only thing I I could think of is somebody from, like, reacher's past would be somehow connecting this story that we're getting in the flashbacks to what's happening right now like that could you be. know if we want to jump forward for a second we obviously get the flashback and reacher has basically the whole entire heroin operation in the bag and his superior comes in and says sorry man we're we're shelving it because the big dog is gonna get his promotion that he's been waiting for for 20 years, and, and we don't wanna make him look bad, so you're literally yeah. done with this. And, you know, maybe the big dog was actually a part of it, and that's why it was going under his nose for so long, and, you know, that he's gonna show up as the buyer, or someone related to him is gonna show up as the buyer, and Reacher's gonna say, oh, shit, you've been doing this for this long? We should've got you when we had the chance, that kind of thing. Or it's mm. just gonna be, hey, I'm here, just some random-ass person. I don't, I don't know, but... Uh, I could see it connecting in some way, but it has to be something like that. no, uh, i I think that would
1: actually be a really good way to tie in the whole flashbacks because we were getting the progression of that investigation. And then all of a sudden, Right now, we're assuming it's over, and it's shut down, and we're like, all right, so what did that have to do with anything? You know, if it really just did get shut down, was that only just supposed to show us the special investigators and introduce us to them? Right. So if it does come back where, you know, his superior actually was dirty and is the buyer, I think that would be really cool.
0: Yeah, But yeah. And uh, let I hope me ask you this question um, really quick. So we're talking about bad guys moving on to season three, And all this kind of stuff, when we know from the books, you know, the little knowledge we do know is that there's really not turnover. I mean, there's no crossover between books except sometimes Neely. So, like, season one, Roscoe we don't see again. Obviously, we saw Finley. But there's supposed to be almost anthology series here where each story is self-contained. Well, question. Here's the one thing I want to ask you, I guess. If we are talking about how the books are. Are you going to be upset that these special investigators may never show up again or at, me, at least may never be main characters again? I feel like they're writing themselves into a corner here.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, I know we talked about it before how this story is supposed to be later on in in the anthology series. Well, not right. the anthology series, the, just the Reacher series in general. So it is weird because it seems like there should have been build-up and I hope they continue... I hope, if I'm honest, I hope they bring characters from season to season. And so, you know, I know they don't do it in the source material. And if, you know, if that upsets people, you know, I get it. But at the same time, I think it's just nice for us to go and see familiar faces of characters that we just spent a season developing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I have the answer if they want to make this the answer. You keep Neely as the person that keeps crossing over because Neely's his girl. Then you have Dixon maybe die. Somebody's got to die. If you want to make it like a really hard-hitting finale or something, have Dixon die because Reacher's love interest don't cross over, and then make O'Donnell dirty, so then there's no one left. And then Swan is probably going to be dead by the end of it too, or, you know, maybe he's not, but whatever. I mean, that's close enough where most of the main characters aren't going to be crossing over anymore. I think Neely is perfect just because she's in the books and because she's my favorite, and I think she's most of people's favorite. so keep her crossing over. And have a sad death for Dixon, and then O'Donnell's bad, so O'Donnell's not gonna cross over (laughs) because he's a son (laughs) of a bitch,
1: dude. He's gonna be in jail. But uh, speaking of Neely, she is the one pretty much uh, spearheading the Nintendo Switch gamer tag, you know, Mm -hmm. whole uh investigation thing, trying to get the daughter to give them their location o'donnell i'm so sketchy of everything o'donnell says he's like making a pizza <laughs> and i'm like he's doing it for a distraction because he doesn't want them to do the operation and the whole other thing but literally came get to off his head. ass dude i know seriously but uh this is where richard goes to take a nap and dixon just is like hey got some pent-up stress i know you have your rule about sleeping you can't and he's like it's not that you know what does he say it's, it's not, not that, that firm a rule Firm of a rule, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, hell yeah. I fucking love it. Let's go. Love these, uh, Richard Dirty Dog scenes. So, we'll come back to them, but real quick, we're just gonna get Russo confronting his boss. And yeah, we kind of called it, not really. We talked about it. And last time we saw the boss when Russo was reporting, he was super over dramatic. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seemed like, you know, it obviously is a big case, but it seemed like this was the biggest case of all time. We were like, it's a little strange. Um, so, Turns out he was getting nervous because Langston was coming and giving him money just to give him updates on Russo's investigation. So, you know, we just learned Russo last episode, his dad died because he wouldn't go dirty. Now Russo is finding out that his boss is dirty. So obviously he's pissed. And I think this is where New York's Finest, the name of the episode, comes into play. Russo's father gets brought up again and it ends with Russo being like alright fuck you I'm not taking the money I'm not going dirty and leaving saying you don't know my father and you definitely don't know me so he's pretty much putting a target on his back but he refuses to go dirty and I just love his character man from from the get I was like you know they had a, a line earlier this episode he's like Oh, he's, that, he's like that uh, angry cop from that one detective show and they're like which one he's like all of them man, Yeah, I, I did kind of get that in the beginning but i absolutely love his character now and i'm freaking out cuz the end of this episode
0: <laughs> i don't know what's going to happen I, I, I think he's dead but you know we'll get into that but i th- i honestly think dominic lombardosi is probably the best character maybe best acting i would say this season i was going to um, say that at the end of the episode i'm like he's my favorite character now like he's yeah. so cool We joke that he's Big Dom from Entourage, but this guy's been in The Wire, Boardwalk Empire, more recently Ray Donovan, Tulsa King. He's been in a million things, and he's phenomenal, so it's not any kind of surprise. But all these accolades, and we're joking that he's Big Dom from The Entourage for three episodes. But, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, he's phenomenal. And this scene is back and forth. You know, again, like you said, we were wondering if the lieutenant was going to come back and we didn't get it correct we thought it was going to have something to do with scenes coming up with marlo but either way we've guessed that there was some kind of dirtiness to him he's dirty he's trying to play it off and give excuses saying like you know the deal man these are crooked cops they're not asking me to give him information they're paying me but they're telling me like if i say no i'm dead i'm in the ground just like your dad and you know russo was saying last episode the reacher his dad died for not going crooked and we know Russo is the same way. He's not going to go crooked. So that really, the last couple episodes, really leans into the fact that this is a good guy. This is a good cop. We can trust him. And, yeah, it's what we get in mm-hmm. the later episodes of shame, man. I don't know if he's going to uh-huh. make it. It seems like he's gone. I have uh, my last note on this whole scene is, Russo, you're so Yeah, amazing. Russo, no.
1: I, love, I like, loved him. I thought his acting was amazing because... Like we just said, he is like an angry cop. He is playing a cliche, but yes. he's making it really good to watch. He's not making every line super cheesy. He's mm-hmm. making it just. He's making. I don't know. He's making the character come to life. Honestly, I really, yeah. really love what he did in this uh, in this show in this episode specifically. Um. So we talked about the flashback already. We don't think we need to really get anything into it. Just uh, Operation Kite Runner was the name of it. Let's we'll yep. keep that in the back of our minds in case that comes up later. The whole operation gets shut down. So back to the pillow talking in the bedroom. Dixon's getting dressed, and fucking Neely comes in. She's like, really? Yeah. Right now? You dogs. But before she comes in, they have a short conversation. Reacher's freaking out. He really doesn't want Swan to be bad. And Dixon yeah. has a really interesting line here. She's like, you've done so much for me. I'll do this one for you. When it comes time, I'll kill Swan so you don't have to. Two ways to take this. Is this her being genuine? Like, I'll kill my friend because I know it will hurt you more to kill the mm-hmm. mm-hmm. same friend. Or is she like, don't worry. Like, when the time comes, I'm not hesitating. I'm killing him and getting this out of the way. Right. Like, no loose ends.
0: The scenario that I brought up earlier about Dixon dies, O'Donnell's bad, Neely moves on with, with the homies. Well, it could be Dixon's bad, O'Donnell moves on with the homies or dies and mm-hmm. Neely continues also. O- O'Donnell makes more sense. If he ends up being not dirty and Dixon's dirty and he lives, he would make more sense for someone that Reacher would need for later seasons if he needs like s- some dirt on someone or blackmailing or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't see Dixon moving on just because it seems like they don't want to tie Reacher down to a love interest. And yeah, if like James he keeps Bond. her around, then it's not just Reacher's show anymore. It's going to be Reacher with Dixon at all times. You know, Neely can go on back to her life. And I know, like, Roscoe, Reacher had the conversation. He can have the same conversation with Dixon and be like, hey, you know, I'm a drifter. You're not going to want to be with me, whatever. And she moves on with her life, too. But it just seems convenient if we just have one be bad, one die, and then one be Neely who moves on, and then O'Donnell. Yeah. Maybe she does, or maybe he doesn't die, and he is like the scumbag that the quasi scumbag the Reacher needs at random times at later seasons. But yeah, Dixon, we we talked about her here and there being bad, and we haven't really harped on it because we've been harping all over O'Donnell. Mm um yeah i could see it both ways it could be what you said about her being like i understand it's gonna hurt you really badly so i'll take one for the team or as soon as we see swan i know he's actually working against my operation i'm gonna kill him before he can rat me out if he actually knows the truth about dixon or anything like that so she has an excuse for the no hesitation
1: I think the fact that we don't get any background of where they've been since the special investigators and what they've been up to. I mean, they talked about it, but we didn't see it Um, and they don't really ask questions about it. It's like, there's like a meme going around and it's like a boyfriend talking to his girlfriend saying like, oh yeah, by the way, these two broke up and the girlfriend's like, oh my God, what happened? The guy's like, I don't know. Didn't ask. That's kind of, it's kind of like what the special investigators are. They're like, Just don't ask questions about where they've been and what they've been doing. So um, Dixon or O'Donnell, whichever, easily could have just made up the backstory that they were on. Like, Dixon could have made up the case that she's super undercover on right now. I won't be shocked if we get a finale, and she's evil too.
0: You brought it up pretty early on when we met Dixon that it's just convenient that she can say, hey, I was undercover, and then they trust her and say, all right, we understand. You don't have to tell us anything. That's easy, easy, easy for Dixon, and we kept harping on O'Donnell and kept nailing O'Donnell, saying he's the bad guy, but Dixon could easily be the bad person, like, it's literally right there, I mean, she has (laughs) the alibi that's not an alibi, like, where have you been, Dixon, oh, trust me, you know, trust me, I've been undercover.
1: Undercover, so, so I can't tell you any details about it and like yeah. all that stuff. And it's like, yeah, convenient, but who knows. Well, I guess we'll see at the end. But we've definitely, I feel like we've covered our bases. We call everybody of...
0: bad. We'll get eventually somebody. We're just not calling yeah. Neely bad because there's no way because she's our girl. <laughs> she, I was just going to say, she's the only one where it's like, she's 100% good.
1: Like yeah. Reacher would go bad before Neely goes yeah. bad. Yeah, right. Uh, speaking of, she, Neely found the... Address where Marlo is staying because she found her daughter's gamer tag. That's where they had the line where she says, like, dress quickly, boss. And Reach like, she should have used the informal too. Yeah. I don't know if that's just like, it, obviously it was funny, but it's just shown again that Reacher is really smart for yeah. as boneheaded decisions he makes sometimes. He is a genius. And so, I
0: think that's one of the big things that Reacher book fans are against because I don't think. Don't quote me, but I don't think he makes bonehead the decisions like that in the yeah. books at all. Like he's pretty much just Sherlock. So mm-hmm. the fact and that I, he makes those decisions in the show, people were like, "What?" I don't know about that. I,
1: I get that argument. Definitely, you can say the consistency isn't there with the writing for Reacher's thought processes and decisions. Um, I could totally agree. But this is actually really funny <laughs> by him. Um, they go to the place Marlo staying. She's staying with a friend. They get the guy to come out, and then they have him mm-hmm. in the shed. And he's like, "We want to avoid traumatizing the daughter. Like, go call Marlo out here." He's just, like, trying to be tough. He's like, "No." Um, and then the silencer that he just puts <laughs> yeah, together right. in like two seconds. I was thinking, like, "What the fuck are you talking about, Reacher? And then they all, he, all of them start cracking up. He's like, "Wow, I can't believe you fell for that." That was that was funny.
0: Little teeny piece of plastic's gonna silence this gun. Yeah, hilarious. That was awesome and.
1: Marlow comes in, and this is the big info dump. Um, We can just cut to uh, the end of it, what we learned, really. The number, the 650, are not missiles. The 650 are the little wing chips. And some engineer had the program purposefully flag operational chips as defective. Yeah. But they were still good. But because... They wanted to meet the Little Wing contract in time. They just kept pumping out chips and taking the hit on the defective ones. So, really, they were good. That's the chips that they were smuggling. And that was the tallies, and that was the 650 number. They were slowly siphoning off chips from this Little Wing operation.
0: Right, so... We don't have to get into this. We've been making jokes and saying we're confused for episodes and episodes, and we've had a lot of people hit us up on Twitter, on Reddit, telling us what they thought, and I think everybody was, like, there because, you know, yes, there's 650 missiles, and obviously there's 650 chips, and people were telling us that the tallies are the siphoning of the missiles and I was like I get it but I don't really get it like you know now with the chip answer and the fact that they're making the chips defective or saying they're defective so that they could siphon the chips that clears everything up for me like I'm glad mm. we got that so no. yeah as it's going on they're trying to get more and more chips and the and the defective chips are they're happening more often so that it allows them to take more chips at a faster rate so We get that information. We get the big information about Swan right here. Yeah. You know, we obviously knew this was coming from a gajillion miles away. No big deal. It is what it is. They were trying to hit it on the nose way too hard, but it's okay. Whatever. (laughs) Yeah. She reveals that Swan's actually good. And we had a million questions about this. Like, we had a million questions about the relationship between Swan and Marlo and how Marlo got out of her house, why she left the cash, why she wasn't killed if it was a kidnapping or potential killing. We came up with what I thought, Paul, that you had a great theory that the lieutenant was being sketchy because he had an undercover cop in the operation. He didn't tell our boy Big Dom, Guy Russo, and she kept herself... Undercover by allowing the hit to be placed on Reacher mm-hmm. and the gang. Now, I already said this earlier in the episode. They kind of went straight cookie cutter and point A to B. And she was just like, Hey, no, no, no. I was good. I didn't know shit. You know, who I am is who I am. I brought Swan into this because I thought something sketchy was happening. You guys came in. Langston said, Give him this address. And I gave you guys the address. I didn't know anything about it. And mm-hmm. then Langston said, Yo, you're a part of this now take the money, and she got spooked, so she left the money so she wouldn't be implicated, and rolled out. Pretty straightforward. Mm. And it, yeah, I mean, she, it makes sense. It's fine. It makes sense. I just thought it would be a little bit more complicated than that.
1: Yeah. I, I agree, but um, like you're saying, pretty straightforward. She hits us with a line, if you knew Tony Swan, you knew he would never be involved <laughs> yeah. in something like this. And Reacher just like looks over at O'Donnell and is like, yeah, we know. So... I get what you're saying at the end, though. They were smacking us over the head with Tony Swan's bad, Tony Swan's bad, Tony Swan's bad. It was his fingerprint. He he approved the operation. He's bad. And then all of a sudden, they just like, no, he's good, man. He came to me with this. I told him to report to Langston, but he was cautious and said he was going to bring in other Army buddies. So you're kind of getting whiplash with what they're like kind of shoving down your throat. I don't know. It was weird. But like we said, we knew this whole time. Hey, Swan, he's good. There's no way he's bad. So it seems like if we're going with whatever they tell us, Swan is good and Reacher um, was right this whole time. Swan would never do something bad. Uh, So, you know, you got to assume that he is, like, locked up in some back room. O'Donnell even says it just using his uh, authorization to push the uh, operations through. Which
0: means at this point he's alive. Mm-hmm. i don't know if he's gonna make it through the season but at this yeah. point he's alive um it could also still be that he's undercover but and that's like i brought up last episode he, he's signing off on the missiles because he knows the chips are the big deal but it does seem like at this point based on Marlowe's response based on how we haven't seen him it does seem like he's being kept captive mm-hmm. under guard he's being tortured something like that maybe he's the outsider And they know he's the outsider, so they're not going to make any of their NYPD ex-cops sign off on these (laughs) dirty missiles and dirty chips. We're going to have the outsider come in, throw him under the bus. He's going to be the one signing off on all this so that if we get busted, boom. Or even when the chips get stolen or when the missiles get stolen, boom. We're going to blame this on one guy being bad, and it's going to be Swan. So he's basically just going to be taking the hit for the whole thing. And... I can easily see that. So mm. he's probably under guard. He's probably half dead.
1: I wouldn't be surprised if his legs are broken like Langston yeah. likes to do, get the crowbar and smack the legs.
0: I wouldn't be surprised if like, his thumb's chopped off so they could use his fingerprint <laughs> or something. But again, they did bring up last episode that like, there's all these security measures where he has to kind of do it under, or he can't mm. do it under duress or it would be too obvious. So I, I don't know. Uh, who knows? It could just be... That he's under guard, and then they tell him, like, do this now, or, I don't know, we have your—does he have a family? I can't remember. No, right? No, I don't think so. So, I don't know what they can threaten him with, because he obviously wouldn't do it—if we know our boy Swan, because he's a special investigator, and you don't mess with the special investigators, he wouldn't do it under the threat that they'll kill him. Mm -hmm. That's not good enough. It would have to be something where they're threatening people he loves, and he maybe would do it. But either way— that's not really the big point here. The big point is Swan's good. Marlo, they explained the, the correlation between Marlowe and Swan as A to B as it was, it's fine. And now we know our boy is going to have to be saved or he's going to die in the mm-hmm. process of this, the rest of the season going on. Something that I want to talk to you about is, you know, everyone's talking about this writing and sometimes they don't think it's as good as season one. And a lot of times actually I'm hearing it. They don't think it's as good as season one, something that, I wanted to bring up to you is during Marlowe's little rant where she's freaking out saying, I'm not bad, Swan's not bad, this and that, this and that, you know, Langston has all these ex cops. She said that Langston, when he was a cop, he let all these criminals go and now he uses them. And they were all able to name them off. Like these are the snipers, these are the uh Scarface guys, these are the people from the the biker gang from the throwdown. But my question to you is this bad writing? So the sniper from or the hitman from the cemetery when he gets caught by reacher he says i have no idea who langston is and he's under duress and he's getting choked out if Marlowe was right wouldn't he know who langston is because langston's the one who has the relationship with him because he got him out of jail and he uses him as a hitman my only response to that would be maybe it's the other guy that he knows (laughs) conveniently and the other guy hired the second
1: Yeah, uh, that's a good point. Like, we know the hitman says, like, I don't know who Langston is, it's just some dude named Swan. We talked about maybe Langston was just using Swan's name. Maybe it wasn't even him, uh, Swan, making the call. Um, So,
0: I don't know. That's weird. But he should still know who Langston is, though. If he says Langston, he should say, I know who that is, unless he's really loyal Mm. and he's going with the plot.
1: No, I don't believe that. I mean, they... It is weird because they said Langston had him in their back in his back pocket, so yeah. if he has him, it obviously seems like there should have been contact back and forth, communication, so I don't know, maybe it was just blackmail, and they didn't even know what he looked like, but, you know, they're just old school getting letters telling him what to do or something like that, they just see a call. Yeah, but I guess, that, but I mean, that still, is really, it's weird I, because
0: he's a cop, he was a cop that let him go and, and created the relationship with him, so... Yeah, no. That I is, mean, it could uh, just weird. be that the other other hitman was the one who actually knows Langston, and, and Langston said, "Get another guy. We need a two man team. Whatever, it's fine." Yeah. But I'm just saying. No, it is weird. But uh,
1: one of the last bits of information that we learned here is that the engineer that programmed the f- chips to get flagged as defective. He needs to show the buyer how to install the chips before the buyer will do anything right and then we even jump to Langston and I don't know if this is the same engineer or a different engineer, but this guy seems to be running the show behind the technology aspect he says you know it won't take long as soon as he comes here I'll show him shouldn't should only take a little bit and then then he can do the other 649. So
0: this might be the engineer, might not be. Yeah, I don't I think, think that's is. going to
1: be a huge thing going forward. It's not going to be like a big reveal. Like, oh, it was him the whole time.
0: Yeah, no. All, the, all that is is to let us know that there's still some things that need to be done before it is fully operational. So Reacher and the team know that there's still time to intercept this scenario from mm-hmm. happening.
1: And Marlowe under the instructions of Reacher and the gang uh, calls Langston and says, I'm on the run. You know, they're following me. You know, I got to keep moving. I can't come to you. And Langston's like, all right, where do you want to meet up? So they're trying to pin Langston down. Um, A little bit later, we see Reacher actually knock up on Russo's door and say, hey, I'm going to blow some shit up. Thought you should know ahead of time. Also, will you babysit the daughter? Because I saw what you did at the cemetery.
0: And Russo, man, he was in like he was down to blow some shit up with Reacher yeah, and the like, gang. I, I would have loved to see that, but yeah, he says, "What am I, the freaking babysitter?" But again, add into the greatness of this character and the depth of this character, Reacher is able to say, "I saw you protect the mom and the daughter. I know I can trust you to protect Jane, and you can see it in his eyes. You can see he's he knows it's the right thing to do. So he's in and." Oh, i don't know man when we Sad. finally have that fight i'll let you take the first swing love it just like, i don't need no handicap oh god and i hope that's like reacher pisses me off because i know who he is i know what he's supposed to be he doesn't really give you his respect right away he doesn't really say his feelings he's a man of few words but i would have liked like a handshake right there or something to mm-hmm. be like thanks for helping us out or something I know that in Reacher's way, that was enough. Like, that was the joke. Like, I'll give you the first swing. And I love how Russo was like, I don't need that shit, bro. But still, I would have liked, like, a handshake or something. Do you
1: think it's weird that once Reacher found out that Russo's boss was dirty and he was probably going to have men come after him, that he still let the daughter stay with him? Because I-, I was like, yeah, he can sh- he'll he do whatever to protect her. But won't you be safer if she's not with somebody? That's getting assassins sent after him so
0: yeah i think that well so russo says i don't think my lieutenant would put anyone against me and make a move against me and also reacher probably knows he has like no other plans and no other Mm -hmm. options because he finds out russo's gonna go to his cousins and he was on his way there so he was probably just hoping that he could get there and go into hiding because where else would he put the daughter Unless you just, like, throw her in a hotel room and say, don't freaking leave or something. There's nowhere else. Unless you could quickly call Finley or something and be like, get over here, we need you. Or You know, the rest of the crew has to be on this throwdown. And Russo's the only option they have. They don't know who else they can trust. But, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. Like, if I'm Marlo, you don't really have a choice. You have to trust Reacher. But I'd be like, you're going to give my daughter to this guy who probably has assassins Mm -hmm. coming after him it's just it's a bad situation but i i don't know if he had any other options yeah it's
1: weird but yeah like you're saying everybody's pretty tied up he even says like i need my full team because they're gonna have a full team right uh, and everything going on so marlo hugs daughter goodbye and this is pretty much the bait and uh she is the bait I, i should say and this is the whole setup She's standing there in the middle with the phone on uh, speakerphone in her pocket. Why'd they have to put the CGI rain in? Like, why couldn't they just do this on a night where it wasn't raining? Yeah. Like, it was painfully bad, and I just didn't understand why they put it in there. They would have been fine without it. It's not like it came into play, like they slipped. I guess the only thing is Reacher crawls out from the truck all muddy, Um, and that was kind of cool looking. But uh, beyond that, I'm just like, ugh.
0: I don't know why you did that. I thought maybe the rain was going to affect her phone in her pocket, but it didn't. But I don't know. Like, the whole thing with Langston, like, he's showing up at a truck yard or whatever the hell it is, a junkyard, and he's like, this isn't a setup. It takes him hearing her or seeing her talking to someone that's not him, obviously. Also, like,
1: What's with her just standing in the middle of the empty lot? Like, wouldn't you just, like, normally hide behind, like, a car until he pulls up? You're not just, like, standing here. That part annoyed me. Just standing there, like, in the middle of the open field with a spotlight on you. It's like you're supposed to be hiding. If people want to complain about that aspect of it, I I mean, I think that's justified because it's just little things that would have made this, like, this is, again, going back to Reacher and the decision she's making. He doesn't make dumb decisions. This was a pretty dumb setup because he gets the call yeah. and immediately he's like we gotta go and i don't know like obviously that sets off Lang or not langston marlo and she starts screaming by herself and i was like oh come on dude you're still you're still undercover yeah what are you doing here so that whole thing it was just not not my favorite but what it leads into is you know really cool Um, action sequence we're we're splitting between russo who's now getting tailed and shot at um, with the daughter in the back seat and then reacher tells the rest of the crew to go help uh, russo and the daughter and reacher stays to take out the whole crew so that one line though where when they split and langston's like go after reacher i want that big fuck (laughs) yeah that's awesome and, and Richie yeah. knew it, too. I'm sure he was like, he's going to want to come after me.
0: Yeah, just these are all the- good action scenes. This, this episode had great action scenes. And I liked everything about the junkyard action scenes, except for the fact that it was just weird that they tried to set it up in a junkyard. I understand that it's a cool setup so that you can have the hitters up top, you can have Reacher down low. You can have Marlowe in the center. It's it's obviously a cool setup, but Langston should have known right away that it was a setup. We already talked about, like what you were saying, her just standing in the middle. But otherwise, yeah, it was a really good fight scene, really good action s- sequence. And another thing, Paul, I'm being way too hard on our boy, but I'm going to say it. I just want to know. So they're going to go save Russo. Reacher wants to stay back. O'Donnell says I'm going to stay with Reacher. Mm-hmm. Is that just a good friend who wants to protect his boy, or does O'Donnell want to stay back for a reason? Take him out. So um, either I, take him out or help Langston and the crew get what they need to get. A hundred percent, I agree with you. The first, as soon as O'Donnell
1: said that, I'm like, he's he's a hundred percent staying because he wants to one, keep an eye on Reacher and make sure he doesn't figure out anything that he's not supposed to know, and two, may maybe even has a chance to take him out. Um, yeah. So I don't I more there's so much evidence that o'donnell's a son of a bitch
0: i know we're i know we're being hard on him because that that's literally just one sentence that we're like Mm -hmm. harping on but still with the evidence i mean it would be it would be cool if they fake us out and make it dixon even though we we guess every single person on Mm -hmm. the team except for neely but dixon would make sense being dirty that's no problem and you know we'll you know we'll eat shit if O'Donnell <laughs> ends up being good and Dixon's bad. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, do that to me. I don't
1: care. Maybe they're doing it on purpose. We keep, we could keep saying the line. You know, are the writers smarter than us? Or are they just trying to fake us out? That it could be they're trying to make O'Donnell look bad, but it's really Dixon the whole time. Yep. So there was the one after Reacher takes out the you know hitmen. It's just Langston. He's out of the car. And what how he finds them is he calls the phone off the burner, stupid and stupid, <laughs> stupid an by idiot. Langston. Yeah, yeah. I was cracking up because I don't know if you've ever seen Cellular, like all the way. What is it like? Two thousand and seven movie. Um, what, with, who's in it? It's um, oh come on, why can't I think of him? It's Captain I'm America. Look it up. Who's oh, Captain America. Chris Evans? Chris Evans. Yeah, he's uh he's the main guy, but. It's all about cell phones and when they came out and you know tracking each other, or whatever. The, the mid two thousand four, two thousand four. Wow, yeah, I don't think I've ever seen it. I guess I'll spoil it if you haven't seen it. But yeah, I it's guess, okay. Uh, two thousand four, maybe twenty years. You should, uh, you should have seen it by now if you wanted the
0: to. your limitations on spoilers
1: is out. <laughs> Yeah, so the big scene is they call to find out where the killer is because they've been communicating on the cell phone. And I was just cracking up that back in the day, that was like, oh, that's genius, that's fucking... Yeah. But now we're looking at it, it's like, that's fucking dumb. Dude. Who
0: keeps <laughs> their like, phone
1: on ring nowadays? <laughs> yeah, that's I was I was laughing, but I will say... All of the times that Reacher called Langston and was like being a dickhead to him, yeah. I think that played into why Langston right here was like, I want Reacher, like I want that big fuck. Oh yeah, because, oh yeah, definitely. Because <laughs> Reacher's been fucking with him and calling him this whole time. So I will say that kind of tied in neatly because we're always like, Reacher, what the fuck are you doing? Like just yeah. giving away information like that. But it kind of, you know, it p- poked Langston over and over and over every phone call and that's why he mm-hmm. finally, finally went for Reacher. So. This was weird. The helicopter just came out of nowhere. Um, I wonder how close it was, if it was, like, always in air support or whatever. But very, very interesting. It makes sense because it's the same fucking copter we've seen drop bodies from the beginning. So it makes sense that he has one. But um, this is where Reacher pretty much just gets pinned down. Langston gets away. Yep. And, yeah, Reacher's are walking out trying to shoot a helicopter
0: in the middle of the field. <laughs> like yes. Yeah. And 60. they can't hit him. He can't hit them. Yeah. I thought he would have at least hit the guy that was shooting mm-hmm. with it, you know, sitting on the edge of the helicopter, but nope. Yeah. yeah. So Langston gets
1: away. He has the line reacher where he's like, you killed the wrong guy's friend, asshole. Yeah. Um. Is that wasted? Is that line wasted because Langston he's got gonna away? He's going
0: to use it again. He's going to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're back here. <laughs> We're yeah. back. Let me use it again. I don't even know if you heard me. It was raining. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I didn't call you yet. That's actually really fucking funny. Yeah. Um, but while this is going on, Russo is just driving, driving, driving. The longest chase ever, and cops the fact that cops don't respond to you know, this any of it. Yeah, just that I if people want to complain about that, I totally get that too. Because mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. the longest car chase of all time. And whatever car that russo drives should be in the military with all yeah. of the bullets that it
0: took that it, it took with driving. no
1: freaking issues yeah oh my god so uh a little weird but whatever russo's still a boss he knows how to drive but he ends up getting cornered he goes in an alley and there's barriers so they get out they get down to a shootout eventually tells the girl to run he's gonna you know give her covering fire and um one guy goes to chase the girl, then all the rest of the other three all shooting at Russo. And this is where the heroic music starts playing.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she
1: stands up like a beast, you know, takes a hit, <laughs> doesn't matter. He still takes one out, one handed, uh, shooting. He takes two out after taking two, um, one to either side of the chest. And I don't know, I just thought it was cool i i thought it's cheesy again it's almost a cliche but i think he did a really good job of making it work and just the acting of like shooting while being shot like yeah i don't know i thought he was amazing i thought he was the best character in either season by far
0: yeah the cliffhanger we don't know if he's fucking dead or not man i think he's dead man i think so all right just to rewind for a second, I agree with you. I thought the performance was great. Little cliché, a little cheesy, whatever, but he, he played it off great. Uh he tells the girl, Jane, run as fast as you can, don't look back. Well, she jogs, light light jog. <laughs> and she looks back so she doesn't really listen and reacher says earlier in the episode we don't want to traumatize the girl well (laughs) she just got traumatized and then she has a guy just get run over by the car right in front of her face this girl is traumatized but adding to like the writing stuff we talked about the no cops showing up we talk about russo's on the phone with the special investigators and he's like, I'm at 103rd I'm at the. He's like hardly giving instructions, and they just show up at the junkyard or wherever the hell it is. The, the whatever you know, again, I uh, whatever. It, it, but it's just <laughs> funny how they're able to show up. But I, this scene right here, when they get the girl, they they kind of are thinking that they're good. And then Neely sees that Russo's on the ground, and she runs over to him. And our boy makes me want to tear up. He's saying, "Is the girl okay?" Great mm-hmm. acting. He is holding his wound. And then when she says, yes, the girl's safe, he kind of like lets it go. And then instead he goes for the hold my hand to Neely and we know she doesn't like touching people and there's that hesitation and then they hold hands. And my take was that him letting go of the wound was saying like, my job's done girl's I'm going to die. yeah. And then he okay. holds her hand while while he dies. They're saying, call the ambulance. I was wondering if they were going to have a line to end the episode where she says, like, he's dead. We got to get out of here before the ambulance shows up because we're still supposed to be ghosts here. But mm-hmm. they don't do that. So we don't know if they're going to be gone at the end of the episode or at the beginning of next episode. If we're going to get a scene where he actually lives. I really think he's dead. I it's a shame because I wish we would have gotten this scene maybe episode eight because we really just got his turn to have Reacher respecting him last episode. So this would have been a really cool relationship to be had for a couple more episodes with Russo. Totally agree. Yeah. I mean, even it, if he's alive, he's he's been shot, so he's not really gonna be in mm. the action.
1: I could see them going to Russo's funeral at like the last episode of the season, like paying their respects there and stuff like that. I really hope not. I loved him. He would be a fucking phenomenal character if we're talking about characters jumping seasons. Just yeah. to have in the back pocket, like like Finley popped up. Oh my god! To have Russo just be like, yeah, yeah, I got a guy in New York. Let me let me call him. He can get us some information. He would be great. So um, I love Russo. I said it a million times. We were talking about how you know this whole fight scene, the whole chase scene action sequence didn't really make a whole lot of sense kind of weird kind of cheesy but like this fucking moment happens and i'm like borderline tearing up yeah god damn it they did neely and russo right there man i i absolutely love that scene and um yeah the the handshake the handhold even her pulling him up on her like leg just so he's not like has a head on the on the cement Mm -hmm. loved it so I hope he's here, but like you were thinking he might be gone, I think he's uh, yeah I think he' gone. gone man so yeah, that's pretty much the episode making us uh making us cheer up when the credits roll that's kind of fucked up it's the first time they did that <laughs>
0: they usually ended yeah. on a
1: badass reacher line
0: let's do some cowboy shit,
1: yeah, yeah exactly so so
0: yeah, I don't have too much left to say about this episode or the season in general um. I think that we got some revelations. I think that this was a little bit of a sloppy episode writing-wise. But for the one millionth time, I'm just going to tell everybody listening, I really don't care. I'm not watching it for that reason. I'm still Mm -hmm. entertained. So we are, as a podcast, making sure we give them their critiques because they need to have the critiques. Because otherwise, we would just be glossing over them and just pretending like they don't exist. But I just want to make sure everyone knows that when I'm giving a lot of these critiques, I really don't care. I'm still in, I'm still entertained. We watching it for the moments
1: yeah. at this point. The show has really really good moments and good storytelling aspects to it. Is it like A tier all the way like every episode? No. Like no. I, I'm I'm just thinking this episode they had a conversation about how they can't fly really in New York because they after, since 9 11, they pay such close attention to air, air traffic, and we got a helicopter military grade helicopter coming yep. in with gunners on either side and no police response. So, a little weird, but I just told you that I was tearing up from Russo and Neely. So, yeah, you, you like I don't know. I it's so weird because I really like this show, and then I watch scenes and I'm like, that's dumb, but then, yeah, I don't know. At the end, I just uh I look back and I'm like, damn, I think I I enjoyed the ride for as much shit as we were talking. I love it. Like Mm you are saying, I don't have really any theories either. I feel like the mystery aspect is kind of gone now. It's just like, all right, here's the finish line. Let's get to it.
0: Right. Unless they reveal the buyer is going to be someone from the past, it's pretty much now we're on a full sprint to the climax of the story to finish the season off. Put it on the board, man. Dixon or O'Donnell? (sighs) I mean, I got to stay with my boy you gotta O'Donnell. got to stick with your like, guns, dude. Stick to the guns, to yeah. It could
1: be both. I'll just say that.
0: Can you imagine Reacher's response if two of his people are, are dirty? I No. <laughs> I think that O'Donnell's reasoning could be acceptable in my eyes. And it's not going to be acceptable for Reacher, obviously. But the reasoning we gave O'Donnell, which was, I'm being blackmailed. My kids are on the line here. Or an even worse explanation would be, I have kids and a family now and I'm taking the money that they're offering me. It can be a very, very similar explanation as to to the lieutenant. But Dixon would be a straight turn. I don't see any explanation for her. I feel like she would have to straight up be bad. I don't see a family that they can blackmail. The only thing we've ever heard of with her Mm -hmm. is her ex fiance. You know, they didn't get married. They were engaged. So, O'Donnell, on one hand, could be, like, I'm so sorry, Reacher, I didn't mean for this to happen to us or you, Mm -hmm. but I'm bad. And then it could be Dixon, where it's like, I'm bad. (laughs) The (laughs) only thing I can
1: add to the Dixon... reasoning behind why she would turn bad is maybe we get something in the flashback where she's like i just worked my ass off on for this whole operation kite runner and it's just shutting down like this is bullshit like maybe she's saying like you know i just poured my heart and soul into this and it's getting tossed out the window so what am i even working hard for maybe i should just be bad and take the money and all that stuff uh yeah i'm gonna stick with my boy o'donnell and we might we might find out next episode we might get the turn
0: Yeah, I feel like if they want to keep these episodes and seasons self-contained, that an episode 7 reveal would be the good time to reveal so that it can be resolved in episode 8. So we might be finding out in the next five-ish days if one of our special investigators is bad. So we'll see. But otherwise, guys, like always, we will be back next week covering episode 7. We'll be continuing our our accusations against uh, O'Donnell here. We're going to continue that apparently, but we're having a fun time covering the show. We have our critiques just like everyone else, but we are having a lot of fun covering it. Maybe R.I.P. Russo until it's confirmed. I'm not going to say it. I don't want to cry until it's confirmed, but we'll see next week. We'll know next week if he's dead. We'll probably know next week if there's somebody dirty. So this is going to be a big episode. So like always, please hit that subscribe button to follow along with us. If you're listening on the Reacher feed, just hit up that Binstown TV account or BingetownTV.com if you're interested in listening to our coverage of our other shows. True Detectives coming up. So many shows already happen. All you have to do is listen to the intro and you have it all right there. Um, otherwise, guys, hit up our Discord. Talk to us on Discord about our theories. You know, we had some people talk to us about the chips and the siphoning and the numbers and all of that like talk about it with us we love talking everybody discord link will be in the description once again we are binstown tv and thank you so much for listening
1: you're listening to the geekscape network